Choose Recovery is a lifestyle apparel brand. Spreading awareness and hope for addiction recovery. We emphasize following God, rewriting your story, never giving up, making a difference. Bringing hope and awareness from real people. This is the Choose Recovery Podcast. All right, hey guys, so Derek from Choose Recovery here, and I have with me Lacey, a friend of mine. Uh, she's going to chat. We're just going to have a discussion today, talk about some stuff. So why don't you introduce yourself and who you are and what you do real quick for people, and then we'll just kind of chat from there. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm excited to be here. I am Lacey Bird, the founder and head coach of Hybrid Athlete Training. I have been in the fitness industry for over 10 years now. I'm a certified fitness professional and nutrition coach. I have about 11 different certifications and specializations in that field, as well as I'm an entrepreneur. So building my business, building it, building my life, how I want that to look, being able to travel, being able to fill my cup while filling other people's cup and helping them maximize their life as well. So I'm excited to chat with you guys today. I'm excited to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely, Lacey. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked to have her on and we'll probably see more of her maybe in the future, we'll see. Um, but what's really cool just about what you just shared too uh, and from my time getting to know you and stuff, like you have a background with recovery um, and pieces of your story too mm -hmm. and a heart to, to give back and make an impact with your life, you know, you and your husband yeah. both. And you guys did meet these goals of like growing this business towards that today. Yeah. Um, why don't you mention maybe a little bit about, and here's where I want to like angle the conversation a bit. When it comes to uh, goal setting, mm -hmm. so when you step into recovery, early recovery stage is super scary. Um, whether, whatever the substance is, someone's detoxing with, getting into those initial steps, starting to work a program, work the steps, whatever. But then as they start working through those early stages of recovery, like your goals first become, hey, get clean and sober, um, get your mind right again. But then at some point you start transitioning. Mm -hmm. And it's in that transition phase that goals, maybe goals are getting your kids back mm -hmm. with OCS. Maybe goals are just getting a job. Maybe goals are, okay, I landed this job, but I need a job that's more sustainable to pay my rent or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then where I'm going, ultimately, this is my main question, is the goal for the dreams that God has given you, right? So like for you, maybe connect the dots. Mm -hmm. In your story, like where did fitness come in for you for that to be a dream of yours to start this fitness company? Yeah, so it was more my identity um, growing up. And I'm, you know my story a little bit. But growing up, I was in and out of foster homes a lot. I dealt with a lot of abuse. I didn't have any stability in my life. I also didn't have a sense of any kind of control in my life. I mean, one day I my entire life would change and I would be in a whole new house, whole new family, whole new everything. And so I, I didn't feel like I had any control over my daily life. And I constantly felt like a sense of anxiety with that. Um, I was introduced to alcohol when I was 14. I was introduced to marijuana when I was 14. I had three suicide attempts by the time I was 16. Um, all this time I was bouncing back and forth between foster homes, between families, between like going into high school as well, trying to, um, you know, figure out my own identity and not having any structure in my life. And 
that's where it kind of, I mean, I played sports all growing up and I never got anything under an A in school. And that's where I found structure in my life mm -hmm. was through athletics and through academics. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of just became my identity because I didn't have anything else to fill that, right? And so fast forward, I graduated high school early with an academic scholarship, mostly just to get freedom. I wanted to move out, I wanted to live on my own, I wanted to have my own job, my own income, my own, like all I wanted growing up was freedom and that was for me at 16, I got that freedom. And that freedom looks a lot different than what most kids would think, right? And through that, I developed a really bad coping, I didn't see it as addiction there, but coping with alcohol and marijuana. And it was, I was, I was what you would call a functional alcoholic. <laughs> I would wake up and I would go to work. And my first job, I was a welder. So I would go and work and repair car parts. And then- You were a welder, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then I would go to school all day. Yeah. And then I would go back to work at night. And then I would go home and finish my homework. Did you still weld? Yes. And once I was done with all my homework, really then well. I would, yeah, then I would well. drink. So metal, plastic, MIG, TIG, just on ARC. The, just on the side right now? Uh, I, oh, I don't still. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. You no, still no, no. weld. Like, no, no, I haven't welded for quite a while. Sorry, I was not fixed it on the I just found that interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just love like molten metal. Yeah. But um, so it was just, it was, I never really saw it as a problem because I was still getting straight A's, mm -hmm. I was still going to work, I was mm -hmm. still, you know, doing all these things, so it was really hard for me to view it as a problem. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was something that helped me be more social, it like became my friend, if you will. Mm -hmm. And again, I never saw it as a problem, um, got married to my first husband at 17, <laughs> and then got divorced at 18, I believe. And then um, still just struggled with identity, with everything, right? And then at 20, I met my current husband and he came from a very strong Christian background. Um, and that was kind of my first real introduction to that. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big part of my story was that faith and being exposed to that and seeing it and then um, I still drank, I still, I mean, at that time I'm 21 and it was seen as what like a normal 21 year old would do, right? Yeah. Um, just drinking a lot, smoking a lot of weed, whatever. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a couple of years around 23, we had moved down to California because we're both very uh, entrepreneurial minded. So we were actually living up here at the time. We got married, we had moved from the Northwest, which is where I'm from moved up to Alaska for about 10 months, got married, and then moved down to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And we had no plan, just a lot of ambition. We literally packed up our car, two suitcases each of clothes, and about $8,000, and we drove down till it said last American exit. And we were like, okay, we should stop. Got a hotel room right at the border. And then basically just started building our life from, from that. Yeah. And no foundation, no structure, nothing. Um, and it just, you know, it started to deteriorate our marriage. We didn't have any tools for a healthy relationship. We didn't have any tools for business. 
we didn't have any tools at all we just had like a lot of desire mm -hmm. you know and so it turned my way of handling that was going into a shell going back to that way that I was conditioned at a very young age to deal with stress and trauma and change was to isolate and focus on survival mm -hmm. and through that I started drinking a lot um, like, a lot, like a lot of wine mostly and I never again saw it as like an alcoholic because it's just wine yeah. right? Right, right, right and then we ended up it just led to bad decisions. I ended up having an affair. We split up for over a year. And during that year, that's when I really fell off the rails. Mm. I was, there was not, I had so much shame. I had so much guilt. I had so much, just everything that I was just trying to numb and run away from and escape. And on the outside, everyone thought I was fine. I was having to, you know, what it looked like was my career was great. I was training a lot of high profile clients. I was, you know, going to all the yacht parties and the pool parties and the mansions and everything training, like that. Training, doing the, the, what you're doing Fitness now. Fitness training, Fitness yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just living the life down in Southern California. Yeah. And on the flip side, I would go home at night and there wasn't one single day where I was by myself. I couldn't be by myself and I would drink and I would smoke and I would just like, I was constantly just in this state of escaping it. Well, fast forward, we got back together. When we got back together, I just, that was the first time I really started developing a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I just broke down for the first time in years, I cried. Like I didn't, even when I was by myself, I didn't feel like I was allowed to like, express yeah, emotion sure, or yeah. cry or like I was just like you know be tough you right, know right. and um so I just broke down and for two weeks straight I fasted that was when I went through my house I threw out everything I threw out all the marijuana all the alcohol I deleted half the contacts in my phone I didn't talk to anybody for two weeks except for my husband and a woman at, who was the pastor's wife at the church that he was going to. And I just really purged everything in my life. But during that time, and, and, that, and then I went on to, I didn't drink for a year. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to drink, but I gave myself that year. I said, I'm not going to drink for one year. I didn't go into it with the mindset of like, I have a problem with alcohol. I'm just gonna cut it out of my life. I said, I'm gonna stop for one year. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I'm a very disciplined person. Mm -hmm. So I went at that goal with pure brute strength, not actually healing that relationship. It was just, I'm, I'm not gonna look at it for a year. And then after that year, it came back into my life, mm -hmm. right? And so it wasn't until about a little over a year ago now that I just realized I'm like, I brought it back into my life, but I, brought it back in with balance to where I would enjoy a glass of wine, you know, once a week when we out, went out for date night mm -hmm. or, but about a, a little over a year ago, I just asked myself and I was like, you know, it, it I'm not drinking all the time mm -hmm. and it's not like this unhealthy, like taking over my life, but the mere fact that I'm putting energy into trying to justify when is appropriate is it appropriate to, you know, when we're with friends or 
like once a week, once a month. When is it appropriate? It made me realize I don't even need this in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to not make it an option anymore. So rather than being like, oh, I'm trying to quit drinking, it was, I just, I don't drink alcohol. That's not my identity anymore. And I don't even think about it. I don't even, I, and I feel like for a while I was just on this fence of quote unquote balance where health and fitness is a huge priority in my life. Mm -hmm. But then I would have moments of like, why am I having something unhealthy in my life as well? Right. And so it was just this, my integrity felt out of balance in a way. So that's kind of just a little bit of insight into where that journey is. And my story isn't like the typical one that you were describing where I said, you know, it was ruining my life. So I need to get sober and then start rebuilding. I actually had built a lot of the things that I have, but I was, I had a really unhealthy relationship with myself behind closed doors. And so dealing with a lot of that has brought so much more fruit into what I'm doing. Which shows you what true recovery ultimately is. Mm -hmm. That it's not just to say you're clean and sober from a substance or something or from, um, in my case, pornography, sexual addiction stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's more than that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's healing everything internal, Mm -hmm. your emotions, learning how to handle your emotions, interpret your emotions, reshape your your responses to those and relationships too, like healing those relationships. Yes. And and for a long time, it was this battle where I would still hold resentment and I would take it personally, but through my own healing and recovery, it's been this, I've been able to separate myself from it and look at them in a place of empathy rather than resentment and look at the situation as like, man, I can still go there, but I can't go there without boundaries I can't go and sleep at their house and stay there and be subject to that lifestyle but I can go and pour into them and call them and have dinner with them and see them and visit them and build a relationship with them by but still hold steady in my lifestyle and who I am and it took that's what took me the longest time was feeling like the only real connecting piece that I had with them was drinking, Yeah. right? And I think a lot of people can relate to that is like somebody in their life, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't really feel like, I don't want this to be my identity, but this is how we connect, mm-hmm. you know? And so it no, took me a really long time, yeah, yeah. To, to break up with that, but not cut them out of my life. Mm-hmm. To be able to say, okay, this is who I am, and I can go, in every relationship, you're either influencing or being influenced, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're intentional about which one of those is happening in every relationship, mm-hmm. then you can have a relationship with that person. But if you just go into it and you let them influence you and then you resent them for that, yep. it doesn't work out. Exactly. Yeah. Man, that's so good. Uh, trust there's people out there that can totally relate to that. Um, I want to shift gears, mm-hmm. if if we can, and yeah. on to always. always. Uh, okay, so the shift gears over to uh, goal setting as well. So like hearing your journey and how your journey to entrepreneurship did I say that right? <laughs> um, is I didn't say it right. I don't know entrepreneurship. Entre- there, boom, that's it. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Um, Entrepreneurial journey. There you whatever go. Whatever you want to call so, it. So, like, your story is super unique in that that was all a part of your healing still, and you're going back out and struggling and working through, like, mm-hmm. what recovery looked like even for you, and you were already pursuing 
your dreams mm -hmm. basically right and at the same time repairing and healing and your marriage and all that stuff mm -hmm. so what i want to shift to is some of the stuff that we've personally been talking about mm -hmm. by the way where we met to and connected with you um was at a retreat that brought a lot of healing in my journey in life and i think that's been a part of your guys' mm -hmm. journey too yeah. was with uh, more mine specifically okay. but absolutely yeah yeah authentic relationships uh with a friend of ours gene mcconnell mm -hmm. that runs that and talks a lot about dealing with your shame and that recovery is ultimately about like working through relationships and healing and so you guys are at that doing fitness stuff at mm -hmm. it that was your second time through but you mm -hmm. and nathan got to share your testimony your story in front mm -hmm. of the whole room yeah. and that's where i first heard that you guys <laughs> right and and then we were in the same little small group yeah. together and so got to work through and hear my full story your yeah. full story and other people in the group yeah. too um britney's husband was in our group yeah. too tim that was that was a really good time almost a little bit less than a year ago last spring but um, so since then, we've been talking and then literally before we started recording this uh, on what it would look like with Choose Recovery, some of these goals. So one of the things I've been asking her is God's really gifted you, I think, in the ability to see goals and then how to reverse engineer things to make those goals attainable. You already talked about being really driven to get places. And, uh, and so like where I'm even recording this, this is the new space for Choose Recovery. It's always been in my garage this whole time. And every time we record, it's all in different places, whether it's in my house or in a coffee shop. And I've been really wanting to make this jump, which we're making this jump uh, here now, but I'm trying to sustain and grow and do some really cool things that she's been giving me ideas on from brainstorming and talking. So uh, I can share more about that maybe in a minute, but I guess my question for you is what is the importance of goal setting and dreams mm. in just life in general oh. and it totally relates to people in recovery yes. too not just steps of recovery but just in your life in general getting back on track and, yes yeah yeah i mean that's a big topic that i tackle with all of my clients and you know you going back you asked me what is fitness in my life and why fitness right and I genuinely and honestly believe how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And how you treat yourself and the relationship that you have with yourself is how you do the rest of your life. And you can say that for somebody who is actively in recovery and who is actively, you know, numbing themselves, right? Or running away or whatever. That's, that's how they respond to everything else in their life. Mm -hmm. If you take somebody who is actively every single day taking pride in their health, pride in their body, pride in their existence, mm -hmm. right? Then, and you're actively pushing the needle forward. One degree, one degree, one degree. I mean, my one thing that I talk about like nonstop is 1% growth every day, right? I think I've even said it to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, so often people have these huge goals, I think. And I think, like you said, it's God gives us these dreams and goals, mm -hmm. right? And what happens is we like see this and we see a blip of what the result should look like, but then we get overwhelmed by the massive mountain in front of us and we never take action. Which, let me interrupt real quick on that. Something you said is good, I think, is see these dreams or goals or visions that God gives us. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference, I think, between God giving us something versus something that we something. do and we force it through. Mm -hmm. I've had to even just legit weigh my my um my uh goals and stuff with choose recovery like is this just derek 
doing something that God doesn't want me to do, or is this something that God's given me? Mm. And and finding clarity around that, I think, is a, is a whole other topic in and of itself, but I like that you said that because I think that's really good. Yeah, well, I think even just with that, like we talked about, you know, the other day, it's, it's just the sheer fact that you're making a difference in somebody's life, even just one person. Mm-hmm. That you're getting these messages that every time I've talked to you, you've brought them up, right? Or brought them up, right? You're getting, people are giving you their testimony. And that should be confirmation in itself. You are impacting somebody's life in a positive way, mm-hmm. right? And it's not, that has nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. right? You might have your own goals on top of that that you're trying to push or more so your timing, right you want it to be within your timing versus god's timing Mm -hmm. but i believe if you show up every day and you're pushing that needle forward pushing that needle forward the rest is going to follow right it's not our job to solve tomorrow's problems right it's our job to know where we're going and focus on today and so laying that out like you said yeah i it drives some people crazy but (laughs) it has served me very well (laughs) um is looking at that mountain and so to go to another analogy on the mountain if you talk to and I know you're into climbing and hiking and any experienced mountain climber and I'm talking like Mount Everest Mount Kilimanjaro right. any big mountain mm-hmm. right if you talk to anybody who has accomplished that or done that one of the one things that they'll tell you is that when they're starting out at the bottom of that trail mm-hmm. The last place they look is the summit. They do not look at that summit. Mm -hmm. That's when all those limiting beliefs come in. The, oh, that might be too far. What if I can't make it? Maybe I should come back tomorrow. What if I'm not ready? Maybe I need a little more time. Maybe this time next year. Maybe the weather is not good enough, right? Right. All the limiting beliefs, the fears, the doubts, they all seep in because you're looking at the distance between here and there. Mm -hmm. Instead, if you look at your boots, they'll say you look at your boots and you focus on the next step, next step, next step next step and any mountain in your life whether it's in business your relationship your health i mean trust me i've climbed all those mountains whatever mountain it is in your life sobriety right do the next right thing if you focus on the next step Mm -hmm. next step you become you all of a sudden you look back and you're like holy moly how did i get that far Right, because yeah. you're not sitting there feel, thinking about and obsessing over where you're not, mm-hmm. and everything that you have in between that, and all of the fears and doubts, and you're tearing yourself down. You're focusing on where you are at mm-hmm. and how to increase that just a little bit. What can I do today to improve what I do have? Mm-hmm. What can I do today to maximize where I am at? Mm-hmm. Right, and and for me, a big part of that is every morning. My morning routine is like so strict. Wherever I'm at in the world, we were sailing in Croatia last week, and Literally, I woke up in the morning, I did the same thing I always do. I don't change my routine based on my circumstances or what's going on around me or who's around me or what's going on. I am so strict on my morning routine because it sets my mind frame for the day and it sets my entire day up. And my life is just a chunk of days, right? And I know my values, Mm -hmm. I know my goals, and I know where I'm at. And I just know that I need to move these areas of my life forward a little bit. So my, my routine, working on my marriage is really important to me. I've been separated, I've been there. I know what it's like to have it fall apart and I don't even wanna get close to that, 
So I'm not going to be like, okay, I'm going to take a week off of like thinking about, you know, my spouse or my relationship or making it better, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take a month off or I'm going to, you know, fall off of that goal. It's part of our everyday life. How can we be better? How can we improve? How can we grow, add more tools? So even when things are great, we're going to marriage retreats. Mm-hmm. We're doing, we're adding value to ourselves in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, my health. I mean, I wake up every morning, I drink 30 ounces of water, I get my system going. 30 ounces? Mm-hmm. Wow. You, our body is made of water. It's the mm-hmm. most abundant molecule in our body. You haven't drank for eight plus hours, you wake up, your internal organs are dehydrated, right? Your digestion is slowed down, everything's dehydrated inside, so hydrating yourself, getting everything to function optimally is gonna start getting your digestion going, it's gonna get you awake and alert, um, yeah. and just get things going, but then, I exercise. I mean, and and for me, first and foremost, exercise is for my mental health, mm-hmm. right? Then physical health, then aesthetics. <laughs> and in that order, always. It doesn't change. Mental health because it literally physiologically changes your mental state, mm-hmm. right? You wake up in the morning and you're taking all of the stresses from yesterday everything that you had and went to bed with you wake up with that and it'll seep right into today instead i choose to start my morning off by decreasing my cortisol the only way to naturally decrease your cortisol is through increasing your endorphins cortisol is the stress hormone endorphins are the happy hormone right you exercise you increase those endorphins now you feel like you're on top of the world and like you can conquer anything that is how I choose to start my day, nice. right? Yeah. I don't take calls, I don't take emails, I don't watch the news, I don't search social media, I don't do anything before I get my mind right and myself right. And then I become very intentional about what I'm doing throughout the day, so I'm not just like running around like, oh, I have this huge mountain I need to climb, and that's the biggest thing that I see is, again, people trying to climb the entire mountain in one day. Yeah. If you break it up, you look at, all right, the next three months, this is my big goal. I need to, and, and even past three months, right? Mm-hmm. That's more of a goal out of desperation. Mm-hmm. What is your vision, your big vision, right? And then you reverse engineer that literally down to what are your three month targets? What is your six month target? What is your one month target? Your one week, one day. What do you need to accomplish every single day in order to meet your goals and deadlines that you set for yourself? Mm-hmm. Right, and, and it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do to hold yourself accountable, especially with your own business. But again, discipline is like a muscle mm-hmm. and it starts out very weak, right? So in terms of health, somebody's like, I wanna be healthy. I wanna make changes. I wanna this or that. Oh, chocolate cake, <laughs> right? right? It starts out very weak. And the more that you say no to something that gives you immediate gratification, but long-term suffering. So say you eat that chocolate cake, but then immediately afterwards you feel inflamed, you feel bloated, you feel fatigued, you feel tired, your digestion is poor, and now you also feel a sense of shame because you're like, dang it, I was trying to get healthy and I couldn't even follow through on what I set out for myself. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So that one decision leads to now this way, the integrity and the relationship that you have with yourself right? And it starts to get weaker and weaker. And now you start to realize, man, I can't even follow through with what I say to myself, Mm -hmm. right? 
And so the more that you say, whether it's parking in the furthest parking spot away, actively challenging yourself on a daily basis to grow that discipline muscle, like do the harder thing, do yeah. the thing that is harder in the moment, but gives you that feeling afterwards of like proud, right? When you start feeling proud of yourself, you start feeling like you can accomplish anything that you set your mind to. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that can stop you. And it, and it starts to, I mean, one thing that I really believe is that, and I just, I had this epiphany and it, to be honest, it actually kind of correlated with me cutting alcohol and all other unhealthy distractions out of my life. But it, it made me realize that our goals and dreams are literally right in front of us. They're so close, but it's our own distractions and excuses and poor habits and just everything that gets in the way. So when we start to reach out for it, we like go over here and over there and over there and we're getting in our own way. And when you start getting disciplined and getting rid of all the distractions in your life, and you focus in on what are your true values and you get intentional about your day. What does your day need to include, right? My day is very specific to my values and my goals. I don't go to bed late. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't, I don't do all these things that keep me away from my goals, mm -hmm. right? And so you just have to get very clear on what are your goals, first of all, but your goals should be in alignment with your values. What are the things that you value most? right um so yeah <laughs> yeah that's really really good i feel like maybe if you're listening and stuff it can sound a little intimidating and even like for me sitting here like intimidating a bit like the water and chocolate cake like i don't drink a lot of water and i, but you'd I, love do, chocolate I cake. do eat chocolate cake <laughs> and i i do need to be much more disciplined and i i think that intimidating stuff is uh like why i keep asking you questions and stuff because it's good for me to know mm -hmm. and i love hearing that from you um and so it does have an impact so i appreciate you know all these random times that you i know, run into you and ask you all these crazy yeah. questions that you're willing to I went to this leadership retreat uh, about two, three, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been a year since I've been. Okay, anyways, um, about three years ago now yeah. in Dallas, Texas, big ranch. There's about 300 entrepreneurs there. Um, I mean, this ranch is so cool. There's horseback riding, there's zip lines, there's water slides, there's, and then every day you're having masterminds with other high-performing entrepreneurs, business-minded, health-minded, relationship-minded, very intentional living people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so you say it's intimidating, listen to me, it's like 300 of me, yeah. right? And we're playing together, having fun, just connecting and growing and having amazing conversations. And you have this amazing breakthrough, right? So you talk about Jean's retreat, like, I love three-day intensive retreats like that where you completely shut out the outside world and you go into growth, right? Mm -hmm. You're there for one reason and that's to grow. Mm -hmm. No distractions, no excuses, no nothing, like there for the experience. First time I went to Jean's thing, I literally had no idea what it was. Um, we just fell into it and we had just moved up here and I was like, sure, growth, yeah, absolutely, I'm all for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I go in with a completely open mind and I'm here to grow, I'm here to be a sponge, I'm here to absorb. And the last night of that retreat, so it was a four-day retreat, the last night of it, um, they locked all the doors, 
shut the lights off. Dang. Had us all shut off our phones. Yeah. But our phones didn't have service anyways. <laughs> and everything was black and dark. And then all you hear is the voice. And like Sarah McLaughlin or something playing in the background. <laughs> but, and then they said, imagine you just got the news just now that you have one hour to live. You can't reach out to anybody. You don't have service. You don't have your phone. You don't have, you're literally in a ranch in the middle of the woods in somewhere in Texas. Like it would take you more than an hour to even get anywhere, right? To even service. Mm -hmm. So you can't reach out to anybody. You can't talk to anybody. You can't do a lot. So yeah. what are you left with? You're left with yourself and your thoughts. And this is when reflection comes in, right? All right, well, it's whatever I did up until this point. Now you're reflecting on it. And this is when, if you talk to people on their deathbed, this is when they start talking about the things that they wish they would have done, the relationships that they wish they would have healed or mended, or the big dreams or whatever. This is where all their regrets come in, where, man, I wish I wouldn't have let that little thing get in the way. Mm -hmm. Everything else seems so little. The problems that we have today seem so little yeah. when you're literally talking about one hour to live, yeah. right? So now we take a step back and we look at, okay, now you have one week to live. So you can turn your phone back on, unlock the door, go drive home to your family, go back to your life. Mm -hmm. But there's no day eight. You have seven days to live, right? What are you going to do with that time? Mm -hmm. How is each day going to look? I guarantee you're not going to go throw on the TV. Yeah. You're not going to be drinking. You're not going to be escaping it. I mean, you you might, but I guarantee you're going to maximize the heck out of that seven days. And what are you going to do? Who are you going to spend it with? Mm -hmm. What is every day going to look like? How are you going to wake up? How are you going to make sure that everything in your life is buttoned up and you're leaving it how you want to leave it? And then you take a step back even further and you look at one year to live, 365 days. Mm -hmm. No 366, no yeah. leap year. Or right. I guess that goes the other way. But yeah. no, there's no, maybe it doesn't happen, right? It's you have one year to live. Mm -hmm. Now you have time to take everything that you know is important to you and actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. You can change the trajectory. You don't have to just button it up, but you can recreate it. What does that look like? How are you spending your year intentionally and focused? Four seasons, what are you building? How are you leaving a legacy? How are you letting the world know Derek was here? Mm -hmm. How are you letting the world know that everything that you learned and experienced was for a reason, mm -hmm. right? And not just the world, but the people in your life, your mm -hmm. family, your everything. What does your life look like? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, that is reality. The person that died on their way to work this morning had plans for after work, right? You don't know when the lights are just going to turn off. So every single day of your life should be passion-filled and purpose-driven. Mm -hmm. It should be extremely intentional. It shouldn't be like, okay, I'll start later, right? That's when you live a life of regrets and what-ifs and could-bes. And so when you talk about, man, I have all these big goals and dreams, yeah. you're focused on the end result. But how can you maximize where you're at today? Mm -hmm. How can you leave an impact with what you already have every single day? And if you focus on that slow growth, you'll be shocked at where you are a year from now. Mm -hmm. Seriously, shocked. But it's when people focus on the end result and then they push a little bit, just get discouraged that, oh, that's not, doesn't seem to be working. So then they go a different direction, but they're not actually connecting what's actually important to them to what they're building, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you keep pouring into 
every single day. And when you talk about, oh, I like chocolate cake and I don't drink water, and it's because it's not important to you, right? So if you really define what is the most important to you and then what your day needs to look like to reflect that, you'll, I mean, you'll shock yourself, right? And build something way bigger than you could have even imagined, but so much more fulfilling as well. So this, what Lacey's talking about here is something that uh, specifically in a conversation we've been having um, about some of my goals and about uh, Choose Recovery and the future of Choose Recovery and all of those sorts of things. And um, we're gonna wind down probably this discussion for, for this episode. And, and you guys who've like been listening this whole time, if you're still rolling with us up to now, like thanks for <laughs> tuning in. Like there's some like, gold nuggets that have been dropped and stuff that Lacey's been sharing and gold nuggets in Alaska <laughs> there you go and uh hope to have her back on and some other stuff we've been kind of brainstorming about that I'm excited to keep brainstorming about and see how things will continue to to pan out but um I've basically taken a step back from the advertising and stuff and pushing the apparel as hard um and debating like the direction of the company um, and I'm not stopping. I've come to that conclusion. I'm not stopping. And I've, I've shared that on some of the podcasts and episodes even in the last couple of months or so as well. I'm trying to be vulnerable and authentic in, in the journey as well. But um, trying to focus on what is my values, right? And coming back to realize you said a minute ago, right before you can have goals and strategy, figure out what your values are. And so the whole reason that I started Choose Recovery, for instance, and this is just one example. That I'm sharing from my life and it relates to you guys in so many other different ways whoever may watch this or hear this but um, for me Choose Recovery started to make an impact in this world to raise awareness to try to break down stigmas related to all forms of addiction my addiction is different than a lot of people that I am in a relationship with with substances and with pornography and sexual addiction one of the things that I uh, have uh, I've had a passion for since the beginning is to uh, champion the cause and awareness for all forms of addiction, mm -hmm. not just substances, mm -hmm. and to get at the root issues behind them all and not just classify us as uh, drug addict, alcohol, um, yeah. those weird sex addict people over here in the corner and like the, the eating disorder people and the like. And, all of but it instead, is covering something exactly yeah. and so like championing that cause to, to unite somewhat at least with choose recovery those and encouraging solutions and just community and and just that mission of changing the world through that to where the apparel is almost secondary mm -hmm. that as some of uh, you guys out there who rep the brand like have slip some of the stuff on and have resonated with our mission since day one and feel like man I feel like I can feel the inspiration of recovery when I put this on or whatever um, we've had people get stuff and, and rep it for like a friend or family member that is struggling in addiction they may not be but they are and so they rep it for them whatever the reason is what I've come to realize is the primary mission my value mm -hmm. is impact mm -hmm. with a brand like choose recovery to truly make a difference utilizing that and not get sidetracked into all the other stuff Mm -hmm. um, I don't do this to become rich. Uh, it's been losing money. That's part of the reason why I've been uh, trying to figure out, like, got to figure out some things, you know, with the whole company, the brand, but the direction, the clarity, I think that God has given me to kind of take really what ended up being the whole month of September to kind of step back and look at things. And there's going to be some uh, some shifts coming, some 
some pivots a little bit in trying to provide more value, mm -hmm. trying to provide more impact this way yeah. through media in this digital age um, and community in that yeah. way. And so anyone who watches this or hears this, like be on the lookout here probably pretty soon. Uh, I'll be um, working on this right now and Lacey's been helping me trying to formulate this as well, challenge my thinking in these ways. Um, well, I think the biggest way of kind of what you're saying is that, and one thing that we talked about is it's not about being sober. It's about, and, and here's one thing when I talk to people with their health, right? And chocolate cake. If I tell you, hey, Derek, you can literally have the life of your dreams, everything you could possibly imagine and dream of and want. And all these things that you don't even you probably can't even dream up at this point all you have to do is give up chocolate cake mm -hmm. what is the one thing you're thinking about yeah. and now your life becomes about resisting chocolate cake chocolate and <laughs> and you know it's the same thing i've seen so many times with becoming sober mm -hmm. right or quitting something or cutting off the fruit but if you instead look at not what you're giving up but everything that you're building and creating, oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. you won't you won't even think about that anymore. And mm -hmm. I think this is such a great thing. It's like, okay, you're representing why you're building this life, mm -hmm. right? Why it's so important to you. And that's what I love about your brand is it's it's taking the shame away from it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It is a daily choice. Mm -hmm. You're choosing recovery, mm -hmm. right? You're not just recovered. You're choosing it daily. And so adding value in a way that is what, like bringing this community together, you've created such an amazing community that doesn't know each other. And, and these are people who are going through a similar walk or know somebody who's going through a similar walk. Sure, yeah. And there's so many other aspects of their daily life of how do you build this life? Like what, what now, you know? And I, I, I imagine so many people are just in this place of, what now? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel good because I did this thing, but Emily, I know you talked to Emily, her story is amazing. 13 years of heroin and meth addiction. And now she's one of my top trainers and nutrition coaches helping other people like in amazing ways, yeah. right? And for her, it was this, she got out of a year long rehabilitation program and then her physical health did not match her mental and emotional health. She did all this work on the inside. She did all this work getting to know herself and all this. But when she was able to bring that physical health into it and bring daily applicable steps to move the needle forward past just this like, now I'm here. Mm -hmm. So now I got to here and now I stay here. It's moving that needle forward to where, I mean, there are so many pieces of my life that I made a transition, I made a decision to move away from something or move in a different direction and yeah. like I look back and even for example Nate and I were talking yesterday and I'm like it's so weird to say that we were separated like we were separated for a year and a half we yeah. like signed divorce papers and it's so weird to even think that because our relationship today reflects something so different mm -hmm. if you create a lifestyle where you're so healthy and so proud of your body your health your mind you're learning you're growing every day like you'll be at a point where you're like it's so weird to think that i was ever doing drugs or alcohol or addicted or whatever yeah. right mm -hmm. and it's and it you just don't even re relate with it anymore but then there's the reminder right of like always remember this is why yeah. so i think that's i think there's such an amazing future here for everything that you're doing and just 
adding more value to building an epic life beyond just being recovered. Mm -hmm. That's where the work starts, not stops, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think it's amazing. I think you're, you've got a lot of good things coming. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. And thank you guys for tuning in and listening uh, and engaging and stuff. We'd love to have you help us engage. Give us a like, subscribe, do all the things, share all that stuff. And uh, Lacey's platform, you can throw that out here. Yeah. And, you know, if you're trying to make health changes or just kind of curious of what that even looks like. We have multiple different options of meeting people where they're at, but go over and visit hybridathletetraining.com. We're on Instagram, hybridathletetraining, Facebook, hybridathletetraining. Uh, we got a whole crew over there and we have an amazing community as well of people that are just trying to make themselves better on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. all right. Well, thanks, Lacey, cool. for joining. Thank you. Me and thank you guys, have an awesome day. Yeah. Tune in on whichever podcast platform works best for you. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. We are Choose Recovery. That's choose, rcvry.com.